today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You can be, you know, so poor, just have basic needs met. You have a roof over your head, you have clothes on your back, you have food in the fridge, right? And you can be happier not being able to rub two quarters together. It used to be two dimes, but inflation, so now it's two quarters. And you can be happier than someone like Solomon who has amassed all of this wealth. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that's the Western dream, right? But what exactly is the pursuit of happiness? In today's message, Pastor J.D. reflects on what is perhaps one of the most deceiving traps, pursuing happiness. In his study, you'll be reminded that ultimate happiness comes from pursuing God alone. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 3, I search in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine while guiding my heart with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the sons of men to do under heaven all the days of their lives. I made my works great. Listen listen to this list of everything he built. And you can go to Israel today and you'll see the remains of all that Solomon had amassed. All the buildings he built. He says, I built myself houses. Houses, plural. How many houses can you live in at one time? <laughs> and planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards, and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. I built theme parks and water parks, just to bring it into a modern day context. Verse 7, I acquired male and female servants, and had servants born in my house. Yes, I had greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. Because he could. He had seemingly limitless wealth. The wealth that Solomon had, some estimate, was incalculable. He was so wealthy and he spared himself nothing. And he kept building. And here's how it looks like and sounds like in our life. If only I had, and you fill in the blank, then I'd be happy. If only I could, and you fill in the blank, I'll be happy. And what you find is you're like the woman at the well. And Jesus says to her, you know, you can continue to drink of this water and you will thirst again. 
But if you drink of the water that I have to offer, you will never thirst. Here's the point. You can never satiate a, a spiritual need with a physical supply. You can do all you want. You can build all you want. You can add all you want. You can can all you get and get all you can. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you will realize it does not satisfy. I forget who it was, but uh, he was asked, he was very wealthy, uh, how much more wealth do you want to accumulate? And his answer was something to the effect of just a little bit more. In other words, you could never quite get to that point. So you, you get that which you want, you think it's going to make you happy, it doesn't make you happy, so what do you do? You try to get more. You know, they did an interesting study, this is many, many years ago, and it was basically a secular study, basically trying to uh, determine the happiness of those making a certain amount of money annually. Let's just use $50,000. Of course, that's, boy, this is really an old uh, study, <laughs> certainly not applicable to us today living in Hawaii, but let's just use $50,000 a year for purpose of illustration. And what they found was that the people that were earning $50,000 a year were just as happy as those making many times more than that. And the point of the study, and this was the takeaway from it, that once you have your basic needs met, you're content. And so you can go out and amass all of this wealth. It's not going to make you happier. In fact, the opposite is true. You know what happens, and Solomon's going to allude to that here towards the end of the chapter. <laughs> so you amass all this wealth. You think, okay, now I can just sit back in that recliner we talked about with the remote and just enjoy my life and live happily ever after. No, you're not. Because now that you've amassed all of that, now you're going to be worried about keeping it. So you're, I, I, I heard it said this way, perfect. You strive to gain, you'll strive to maintain. So here you're striving, you're, you're pursuing. And by the way, this whole thing of the pursuit of happiness, nah. <laughs> the pursuit of happiness, no, here's what it is. Jesus in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. That's what you're to pursue. You're to pursue the Lord and seek first Him and His righteousness, and He'll take care of everything else. If that's your pursuit, you will be satiated. If you're, if you're pursuing happiness, you're never going to find it. You know what pursuing happiness is like? I like how, how one said it. It's like chasing a butterfly. You're never going to grasp it. Solomon basically likens it to trying to grasp and, and, and catch the wind. You're never going to catch it. You can pursue it, try to grab it. You're never going to get it. That's what pursuing happiness is like. And God never created us for the pursuit of happiness. God created us for the pursuit of Him. You know, so many times we, we pursue things thinking that if I could just have this, then, and then I get it that that's all I need. 
yeah, I was just thinking about this. My, my wife, you know, for 10 years we couldn't have children. And we were told that we had what they called unexplained infertility. I mean, we would get pregnant, we would lose the baby in uh, pregnancy and by way of a miscarriage. One time it was an ectopic pregnancy. And so for 10 years we couldn't have children. And it was the cry of our heart. It, we ached for, we longed for, we cried for, we prayed for, we longed for children. And then when our son was born, my wife came to me. It was probably one of the most profound, simple truths that I can ever look back to. And she said to me, you know, she said, Honey, I thought that what I really longed for was to have a child, have a son. But what I realized, now that we have a son, was what I really longed for was the Lord. You know, it's that seeking first, pursuing first and foremost Him, and then He adds everything else. Listen, if you're not satisfied in the Lord, even with the Lord, nothing's going to satisfy You can pursue whatever you want, all you want, it will never satisfy you because that is the way God created us. You know, I realize this is just words on a page in our Bible, but you have to understand that this was massive. I, I suppose it would be appropriate to compare what Solomon had amassed and all of the buildings and the vineyards and the water and everything that he, the houses everything he built would be like owning the entirety of the island of Oahu. And he owned it all. And all of the people, they were his employees, as it were. He had a could Think about what Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world, <laughs> the whole island of Oahu, and loses his own soul? I mean, you can acquire it, amass it, achieve it. And if your pursuit is not for him, you will have all of this and you will say, what? I am so unsatisfied. It has, it, I'm not happier. In fact, I'm more miserable. I don't sleep at night. You know, when I had nothing, I slept better, (laughs) right? So again, when you amass all of these things, you'll, you'll find that you're more worried, you don't sleep, there's more anxiety, because now the fear is keeping it, holding on to it, not losing it. And it actually, you know, they've, you, I'm sure you've heard about the statistics of those who win the lottery. You would think that, oh my goodness, they win, you know, $500 jillion. You know, some of these jackpots, again, on the mainland, what, what, like $350 million or something? Wasn't there one one time for like in the billions or one or two billion dollars? That's a lot of money. That's a, you know, it's one of those things where you, you say, Lord, can we just try and, you know, see uh, how, I'll tithe on it. <laughs> Nice try. Um, but they, they follow these people that win the lottery, 
And you would think, oh my goodness, they've got it, they've got it made in the shade, as we say. And the opposite is true. Their lives are destroyed. Their marriages are destroyed. Their families, their children, it, it, it ruins their lives. And sometimes they'll interview them and ask them questions about it. And almost without exception, they'll say something to the effect of, this was the worst thing that ever happened to me. You would think it would be the best thing that could ever happen, right? You quit your job, and you sit in that recliner, and boy, I'm really picking on, so go home and burn that recliner and the remote with it. But you just, I could just sit in the recliner, and, and here's the remote, and just, you know, ha- live happily ever after. You're going to be the most miserable person, because God never created you like that. He never created you to be like that. Well, I don't want to get too far off into that. Too late, already did. Verse 8, it gets better or worse, however you want to look at it. Solomon says, I also gathered for myself silver and gold. Oh, God said, don't do that. Remember? Lots of gold and the special treasures of kings and of provinces. I acquired male and female singers, the delights of the sons of men, and musical instruments of all kinds. So I became great and excelled more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. And this is interesting. Also my wisdom remained with me. That's interesting. Why? Because he had the wisdom. You know, God's gifts and callings are without repentance. So God gave him this supernatural wisdom. Remember when God came to him and said, you can have anything you want. And Solomon says, you know what I really need (laughs) is I need wisdom to rule your people because I don't even know how to appropriately walk to the throne, let alone, you know, lead your people. And God's response was, well, because you didn't ask for wealth and riches, and also, very interesting detail, uh, and also because you did not ask for the destruction of your enemies, oh my goodness, I would have totally asked for that. (laughs) I would have said, oh, anything? (laughs) Really? Okay, here's my list. (laughs) And he didn't ask for any of that. Which, to me, that God would say that, says to me that that was on the table. Because isn't it true, if we could have anything we want, I mean, you know, we would, yes, wealth beyond measure. (laughs) I would like for you to take care of them, and them, and that, and this, and this, and this, and this. And Solomon says, no, I just need wisdom. So what does God do? Well, you know, the story. He gives them both, because he was seeking first the wisdom from above, the righteousness of God, God and his kingdom. And because he asked for that, God gave him all of the above, and wealth, unspeakable wealth. And so here he says, all throughout all of this, my wisdom remained with me. And 
I got to believe that wasn't in a good way. My way of thinking, that was tormenting. Because he still had that supernatural wisdom. And if he still had that supernatural wisdom, he had to know, (laughs) because of that wisdom, uh, this isn't going to work out too well. This is not going to end well. All, all that I'm doing, because he still has the wisdom, that supernatural wisdom of God, through all of this, I bet it haunted him. I bet it kept him up at night, among other things that kept him up at night, all the worries about everything. So, verse 10, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. Picture this. You see something? I want it. I'm going to get it. Because I can. <laughs> I, if, if I see something, it's kind of like you, you walk into a store and you have all this wealth. You can buy whatever you want. You see something? I like that. I'll take it. How much is it? doesn't matter. No, no, what's the price? It doesn't matter. I'll, t- I'll take it. And I spared no expense, so to speak. Whatever I saw, if I liked it, I desired it, I got it. I did not deprive my eyes of anything. And I just took it. And he says, I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. In other words, so the lust of the heart, that that, uh, hedonistic pursuit of wanton pleasure, if it seemed pleasing to me, I did it. I did not, I did not say to my heart, no, you can't have this. I said to my heart, yeah, you want it? Go ahead, go ahead. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my reward from all my labor. And then verse 11, I looked on all the works that my hands had done, and on the labor in which I had toiled. That's a lot of work. And indeed, all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun, S-U-N, and that's why. He's under the wrong sun. If this was under the sun, S-O-N, as unto the Lord, oh my goodness, godliness with contentment is great gain, the Apostle Paul would say. I think this speaks to a truth that is, it's a principle you don't break. It breaks you if you go up against it. And the principle is, you can be you know, so poor, just have basic needs met. You have a roof over your head, you have clothes on your back, you have food in the fridge, right? And you can be happier not being able to rub two quarters together. It used to be two dimes, but inflation, so now it's two quarters. And you can be happier than someone like Solomon who has amassed all of this wealth because it has nothing to do with what you're able to amass. It has everything to do with being content. The Apostle Paul said, I learned, key word, 
I learned to be content no matter what my situation. If I had plenty or if I had little, no matter what, I learned to be content. That's the key. That's the key. Verse 12, then, it's kind of like Solomon saying, I tried this, didn't work out. I tried this, didn't work out. Tried this, didn't work out. Now I'm going to try this. Then I turned myself to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do who succeeds the king? Only what he has already done. In other words, who comes after me? What are they going to do? Whatever they do, it's already been done. I already did it. Verse 13, then I saw that wisdom excels folly as light excels darkness. The wise man's eyes, verse 14, are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Yet I myself perceived that the same event happens to them all. So I said in my heart, as it happens to the fool, it also happens to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart, this also is vanity. For there is no remembrance of the wise than of the fool forever, since all that now is will be forgotten in the days to come. And how does a wise man die as the fool? Therefore I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me for all his vanity and grasping for the win. What's Solomon saying here? What's the conclusion here that Solomon is coming to? He's basically saying at the end of the day we all die. And isn't death the great equalizer? So he, he's saying to himself, I, I have all of this wisdom, I have all of this wealth, and when I die, I die the same way the fool in poverty dies. So why am I wise? What's, what's the point? I mean, it's, it's, what's the purpose? It's meaningless. It's, it's emptiness. It's, it's vanity. I mean, what's the point of amassing all of this wealth if I'm going to, and isn't it interesting that when you do amass wealth, and certainly as you get older, uh, what comes into clearer view? Your mortality, the brevity of life. Thanks for joining us today for In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been teaching through the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, a book written by King Solomon. Solomon is known as one of the wisest kings to ever live, But that doesn't mean he always made the wisest choices. In Ecclesiastes, we read the words of Solomon with both hope and warning. We hope because the Lord is faithful in every season. And we read with warning, for tomorrow is not promised. Or as Solomon writes, life is vapor, here today and gone tomorrow. How will you choose to live your life this year? With hope in the Lord or with sorrow in the world? 
Learn from Solomon and put your hope in the lasting things, the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope today's teaching has inspired and encouraged you to continue learning from God's Word. You can connect with us by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Just click on Contact under the About tab. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter, and you're welcome to interact with us there. Pastor J.D.'s teachings are also available on YouTube. Links to all of these are available at our website. If you don't currently have a home church, we want to encourage you to find and begin attending a church in your area. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Just check out InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com for more. We hope you'll join us next time for another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Give me truth to